I'm just going to tell you from the outset, um, I am I'm going to be pastoral this evening. Just some things the Lord has been dealing with me and my heart and my spirit as I pray for different ones and different things. And um, the way the Lord has been dealing with me, uh, I just started thinking on some of these things in prayer. And the Lord talks to us all differently. He always talks through us to us through his word. His word is the primary way he speaks with us. I'm going to say that again. His word is the primary way he speaks with us. Um, I believe he speaks with us in a place of prayer. We should go to prayer daily and we should expect to hear from God in prayer daily. Prayer is meant to be a two way exchange. And so we should expect to hear from God every day in prayer and oftentimes that means he'll talk to us about something in his word. And his word will speak to us. Um, he can talk to us through members of the body of Christ. A spoken word. And I believe in that. It's necessary. It's vital. But he will speak to you more than any other way. The primary way, I believe, is through his word. Uh, the word of God is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That speaks of our daily walk. The word of God is something we should spend time in every day because of its importance in our lives of hearing his voice. If, if someone expresses to me, I just, I need to hear from God, but I feel like God doesn't talk to me that usually indicates that they're not spending time in the word. Um, now, let me, this isn't what I want to talk about tonight. <laughs> I sort of hung up right here for a minute. Um, there's a difference between spending time in the word and reading the word every day to say you read it. Does that differentiation make sense? It's one thing to say, I read it. I, I'll be the first one to tell you there's times I've read two or three chapters and I'm like, what did I just read? Anybody else ever had that happen? Like, I know I read two or three chapters. What did, what did I just glean from that? What did I? Okay. And, and there's times I still do that. Okay, that still happens to me. I sort of think it's like eating carrots and green beans. I don't know what they do for me, but they tell me it works, and so I'm taking it in, and we'll see what happens. But you have to study the Word, and we, we need to be in the Word every day of our life. If I love Him and His relationship is vital to me, I'll love His Word. Okay? And some days we'll spend more than others. And if you're able to... Give yourself to something for two or three hours. And I could name a lot of things that I could think of that might come to mind that you and I as human beings could give ourselves for two or three hour segments. I would ask you, when is the last time you gave yourself to just digging in the word for two or three hours? 
and letting it talk to you and letting it understand you may not do that every day. I don't do that every day. But we need a fresh love for the Word of God. We need a fresh love for the Word of God. And we must spend time there. I promise you, if you and I spend time in the Word of God, we'll hear His voice more than we've ever heard His voice. It becomes clear. And we begin to search the Word of God for direction. The Word is full of direction for our lives. In every circumstance, in every situation, you, I, I'm, I mean, you, you could throw something out there and it, it, it's in here. You want to know about relationships, the Word of God can teach you about relationships. You want to know about uh, finances, you can get in the Word of God. It can teach you how to manage your finances. You want to know about, you got, think about Brother Martin teaching anger management classes. You, you, you want to deal with anger? The Word of God teaches you about temperance and anger and how to deal with those things. The Word of God has answers for every element of life. You want to know how to do your job better on your daily work? The Word of God teaches you how to work and how to have integrity and character. The Word of God has things to say about all this stuff. And so we must be in the Word of God. Sometimes I'm guilty of reading the Word and just wanting to get a thought. can't stay at just a thought. We have to go deeper into the Word of God. Like a, That's my only hang-up with devotionals, daily devotionals, is that we get satisfied with, oh, I got a thought for the day. And I love devotionals. I, I, I read a devotional at times. But if I get a thought for the day, a good thought for the day, and then I go on, it must have impact in my life. The Word of God, must I must meditate on it. It must work in my spirit. A devotional is not a substitute for time in the Word of God. I love it. Again, I love a devotional. I've probably given several of you a devotional that's one of my favorite. The thing is, I need to be writing my own devotional every day. I don't mean physically sitting there, but my time in the Word, letting the Word speak to me versus just getting somebody else's devotional every day. I thank God that God spoke to them and they wrote things down. Some of them are just trying to sell books. Some of them God really spoke to. But be in the Word. Amen. I guess I am promoting books tonight. <laughs> be in the Word. If you don't have a Bible, let me know. We won't sell you one. We'll get you one and give it to you. Be in the word of God. It is so rich and so powerful. And so, uh, amen. Let's dive in. Uh, go to the book of Proverbs chapter 6. Please. Um, you know, I have... Um, it, this is not a surprise to you because you've heard me mention it along the journey. I've been married... For a little over 31 years, I thank God for that. Thank God for my wife. I've learned some things. Some things, not all things. I'm still learning. That's a lesson right there. Amen. I'm still learning. Uh, but I'm going to tell you one thing I've learned. In 31 years, 31 years and a month 
of marriage. One thing I've learned is that little things matter. Little things matter. Can all the married people say amen? They matter. I, it's, I, I can make one little comment to my wife in passing. And if it's a little snide comment, it matters. It might have been just a little off-the-cuff remark. And I could later say, oh, my goodness, it was just a little comment. No, little things matter. I, I've learned that. But uh, now... Now, there's multiple sides of this coin. I've also learned that, like, we can get out of the car at Walmart and walk in to grab something. And on that short little walk, if I just take her hand walking into the store, that little thing seems to matter. So why does it matter if I grab? I'm just telling you, 31 years and one month, I've learned little things matter. They matter. I, my wife can be talking to me. This is stay with them. I'm. We're gonna go somewhere here. My wife can be talking with me, and um, while while she's talking to me about whatever she's talking to me about, it doesn't mean she's talking to me about world issues or world problems or it 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 may or may not be. It may be a very significant thing. It may be just something she just wants to share with me. And she can be talking with me, and I, I could just make a glance at my phone. A small thing. And look back to her. Right? I, I could, not, not, I, I'm not talking about staring and scrolling on my phone, heaven forbid. I, I could just make a glance at my phone for a second, and that small thing can really matter. Such a small thing. I've also learned this. On the way home, I can, I can be passing by McDonald's and stop and run through the drive-thru and buy a Coca-Cola and take it home. And that little thing matters. Look at your neighbor and say, little things matter. We like that. We like to act like little things don't matter sometimes, right? Usually little things don't matter when it's me that did the little thing I shouldn't have done. Is that a true statement? Is that too honest? Can we be honest with ourselves? Usually little things don't matter if it's a little thing I did that I shouldn't have done. But if it's a little thing I did that I wanted them to notice, well, it should matter. I mean, I emptied the dishwasher this morning. I, I didn't today. I'm just telling you. I don't think I did. No, I didn't today. Right? We want credit for the little things. When it, but when we do it, no, come on, it's just a little. Little things matter. Remember I told you I, I feel like I need to be pastoral tonight. I, I, I want to talk to us a little bit about little things. Because little things matter in mine and your walk with God as well. And sometimes we discount little things. And I could give you 50 scriptures. I'm not going to do that tonight. Um, we're only going to read in, 
I've got one, two, three, four, five places we're going to read tonight. So let's start in Proverbs 6, chapter 6, verse number 9. Proverbs 6 and verse 9. Watch what the writer says. The word of God is wisdom for us. This is practical stuff for living a Christian life. You want to live a, you want to live a good Christian life? A life unto Christ? Christian follower of Christ. I, I use it in the truest sense of the word when I say a Christian life. A follower of Jesus Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. It doesn't mean to associate with some religious belief. It means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. That's been watered down in the world today. Proverbs 6, verse 9. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? I'd ask my kids that when they were teenagers. I know your body needs more sleep when you're a teenager. When will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little, look at this, verse 10. Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come as one that traveleth and your want as an armed man. Now, this is the King James. If you look at it in other translations, it says, you know, a little laziness, a little slumber, a little folding of your hands to rest longer. So shall your poverty come like a thief and your want like a bandit came. Now. So what is the scripture telling us? What is the writer of Proverbs telling us? He's telling us pretty simply, look, plain and simple, you need to work. Little things become big things. We got any professional procrastinators in the room? Like four of us raise our hands. Right? Some things that are really urgent I'll take care of right now, but, you know, ah, Ah, it's a small thing. I'll push it. It's a small thing. It's a small thing. It's a small thing. It's just, you know, anybody got a flower garden or a garden around your house? Yeah, a little flower bed or anything like that. You ever, anybody ever pull weeds in your flower bed? Man, you can pull weeds, spend a whole Saturday pulling weeds. And it's like, how did I spend the whole Saturday pulling weeds? And then, you know what, you go back out there next Saturday. Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? Because it's summer. And they're back. Why don't don't we just every weekend spend 20 minutes pulling weeds? (laughs) Well, I understand why we don't. (laughs) Okay. But a little thing left undone becomes a big thing. This is what Solomon is telling us here. The writer of this proverb is declaring to us, look, a little sleep, a little laziness, a little lack of incentive to get a little unwillingness to work. You kick that can down the road, so to speak. And then you're going, how did I end up in this situation? What happened? I'll tell you what happened. You left a little thing. You You kept giving in to a little thing. You kept giving in to a little thing. You kept giving in to a little thing. I was speaking with someone in the last couple of weeks, and they made the statement to me that I've probably heard a hundred times in my life. Uh, 
working with people. I never expected to be where I am right now. I don't know how this happened. And usually it's the result of little things. A little sleep. A little slumber. The writer of Proverbs is speaking about here about. I'm just going to one translation uses the word laziness. One translation uses the word lazy bones. I was going to read that one, but. It, it, it speaks of literally just not giving attention to something that should be given attention. And little by little, I neglect it. And little by little, I neglect it. And little by little, I neglect it. And over time, all of a sudden, I'm in poverty. And I'm like, what happened? Poverty came like a thief. You understand the thief doesn't want you to know they came. A thief shows up and takes something in before you realize it's gone. You're like, oh, no, I've been robbed, right? This is what the writer of Proverbs is telling us. He's saying, hey, this is what happens. And you're going, how did this happen? Where did it go? Tell you where it went. Little by little, little by little, little by little. In mind, in your Christian walk, little things matter. You skip prayer for a day. Oh, man, I just I overslept today. Am I making sense? You, you skip church for a day. It's summer. I'm going to go to the lake. Nobody's ever called me and told me that that I know of. But um, it, it, it becomes easier. So little by little. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 15. Again, Solomon. Makes this statement. In the second chapter there, verse 15. Take us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for the vines have tender grapes. Isn't that an interesting statement? The little foxes that spoil the vines. It's not the big ones that you see coming. You look into this a little bit. In some translations in the Hebrew, that word is not foxes, it's jackals. And uh, either way, if you look at a fox or a jackal, they live in dens. And their dens are generally underground. And so you look at this scripture, it's the little foxes that spoil the vines. Well, how do they do that? They don't do it by coming out and running up the vine. They're underground. And so you don't see where they are. They're hidden underground. And before you know it, the foxes or the jackals have burrowed in to where your vine has roots. And because you're not dealing with what's beneath the surface, the little things beneath the surface that you just want to brush over, not address, because the vine still looks good, but the little things under the surface, they spoil the vines. And over time, the little things under the surface left undone begin to show up on the surface. People say, how did that happen? I never saw. I promise you, what happened is there were little things left undealt with under the surface. And little things. 
We as children of God, this is why we are in the word and this is why we're in prayer. God, shine the light of your word on my life. Shine the light of your word on my relationships. Shine the light of the word of God on my home, on my family, on my marriage, on my Christian walk, on my job, on every part of my life. I don't want to let little things lie under the surface. I'm not saying I need to take every little thing and blow it up. and just. I, I just want to address them between me and God in a proper, right way. If I have a little thing under the surface that I need to talk about with my daughter, I, I want to address that in a right way. If I need to talk about it with a brother, I want to come and talk about it in a right I don't want to leave little things undone. It's little foxes that spoil the vine. I'm telling us tonight as children of God, little Things matter. And we need to recognize that. Now, there are two sides to these little things, as I shared in some of those examples earlier. You know, the difference between glancing at my phone when I shouldn't be or bringing home a Coke randomly, right? One little thing is not so good. One little thing is sort of good, right? One gets me doghouse points and one gets me brownie points. Right. And, and, and so we understand all little things aren't bad. But there's power in little things. And that power is either good or evil. And so we should be aware of little things. Now watch. Ecclesiastes 10. This is quite the interesting verse to me. It's a very, um, it's a very graphic verse. I'll just warn you before you turn there. Very picturesque. That's what I mean by graphic. You can visualize it. Not. Watch what it says here in Ecclesiastes 10 and 1. Dead flies. Anybody like finding a dead fly in your food? Yeah. Dead flies. Anybody ever? I'm, I'm trying not to be too gross here. Anybody ever like. Um, like. Find something spoiled in a corner or somewhere, like maybe outside, and you pick it up and turn it over, and there's like maggots underneath. Anybody ever had something like that happen? Yeah, I have. Yeah, sort of. A, I, see, it's just it's, you just don't even want to think about it, does? It? That's just not a pretty picture, is it? Right. Watch what the scriptures this, again. Ecclesiastes. By the way, you notice all these are from Solomon. The wisest man that ever lived has some things to say about little things. Watch what he says here. Dead flies cause the ointment of the apothecary to send forth a stinking savor. What? We don't even say that anymore. So let me, let me give it in today's English. Dead flies cause the perfume of the perfumery to send forth a stinking smell. That's literally what he's saying. An apothecary is where they make perfumes. And that ointment there is supposed to be like a sweet-smelling ointment. But what he's saying is you can have something that is made to smell good, is designed to smell good, and when it's made, it smells good. But if it has dead flies in it, the smell good doesn't smell good. The dead flies cause it all to stink. Right. It's 
uh, I'm going to tell on myself here. I, um, my wife can tell you this too. You can check with her. Um, my nose seems to work better than hers. Is that a true statement? Now, that's not a good thing or a bad thing. Mine just works different and better. I, I seem to have a sensitivity to smells. And so I'm not necessarily a fan of smells. Of, of many, so like I, I don't do so good with all these candles. If you're a candle person, I don't get offended. It's a small thing. Um, and so, so some candles, I'm like, baby, I, I can't handle that candle. We, we got to do that one somewhere else, that one. right? And I'm not a fan of using a candle to cover up another smell. But I know they serve that purpose. You understand? I. I'm not against it. I, are you with me? And so Solomon is telling us, hey, you get dead flies in the perfume. I don't care how good the perfume smells. That little thing, that little dead fly or two or three in there causes the good thing. It's a good thing. He's not denying the value of the perfume. He's not denying the sweet savor of the perfume. But he's saying this little thing has affected the whole. Little things matter. And here he says, he gives, he tells us this, and then he gives us a very specific example. He said, so does a little folly him that is in reputation for wisdom and honor. What? What? Have you ever... I'm guilty of this. All these things I'm guilty of, see, so I'm as human as you. You ever, you ever made a cheesy comment or my, my kids would be like, oh, yeah, Dad has. You ever made a cheesy comment or, or threw out a funny one-liner in the middle of a group and realized after you did it, and eh, that probably wasn't good timing. Anybody ever had that happen? All the men were like, right? You're like, ah, awkwardness. Ah, why did, I, why did I let that thought come out of my mouth? I was trying to be funny, humorous, whatever. Or maybe it was just foolish to even make a statement. And what the writer of Proverbs or Ecclesiastes, what Solomon is saying here is saying, hey, you can have a man or a woman that has a reputation of wisdom and honor. But it just takes a little bit of foolishness to ruin or hurt their reputation of wisdom and honor. You can walk in wisdom and honor with men. This can be on your job. This can be in relationships with fellow men. And they can view you as someone wise. But then you and I can say the wrong thing at the wrong thing. And, oh, this would be cute. Or we need wisdom. A, mo- a little folly, not a lot. So our words matter. He says, he said, this is just like those dead flies in that perfume. A little bit of folly can take someone that has a reputation of wisdom and honor, and that little folly is like dead flies to their wisdom and honor. We should be careful about the words we use. Sometimes when we're in an awkward position, we're like, when we're uncomfortable, 
many of us, the way that we deal with uncomfortableness is we try to be funny. It's a human mechanism. I'll use humor as a way. I believe in humor. God has a sense of humor. He made me, and he made you. So he has a sense of humor. But there's a difference between a sense of humor and folly. The word folly there speaks of foolishness. Uh, we don't read it. You can, you can go read it later. In Ephesians chapter 5, uh, the Apostle Paul talks about different works of the flesh. And I think it's in Ephesians 5 and 4. He talks about the foolishness of, he calls it foolish talking and jesting. Anybody remember the pictures of the court jester? You know what the court jester was supposed to do? Anybody? The court jester, was if the king was not feeling happy or was a little sad, the court jester was supposed to come in and make him laugh was the idea. The court jester did not take himself seriously. He made a fool of himself trying to make someone laugh. That's really what their role was. The jester made a fool of them. That's why oftentimes you'll see a picture of a jester. Matter of fact, there's, it's sort of funny. There's an investment firm out there called an investment advice column out there. Many of you probably heard of it called The Motley Fool. And uh, its logo is a court jester. Well, the jester would make a fool of himself trying to make people laugh. This is what the writer Paul is talking about when he says foolish talking and jesting. It, it makes me think of what Solomon was saying when he said a little folly has the same impact as dead flies to a man with wisdom who has a reputation of wisdom and honor. Isn't it funny, you can think highly of someone and then they can open their mouth. I think it was Abraham Lincoln that's quoted with saying, it's one thing to be called a fool, it's another thing to open your mouth and prove it. Now, and so little things matter. Now, if you've been here very long at all, there's somewhere along the way where I've joked around with you and probably gave you a hard time. And... That's not what I'm talking about. Although at times I probably should have checked myself that way. We should be aware of little things. They you say, why does this even matter? What I'm talking about our Christian walk. Our Christian walk. Our lives are living letters, the Bible says, known and read by all men. And if I'm known and read by men to be one that gives myself to foolish talking and foolish jesting, it's hard for them to take my walk with God seriously as well. There's balance. This is what the writer's talking about. Little things matter. Remember what I said earlier? It's true of all of us. I say, well, if it's a little thing that's positive, I want you to know. But if it's a little thing that's negative, it's, oh, come on, it's just a little thing. We need honesty with ourselves so that we walk as children of God. I want to look at a couple of more things here. James chapter 3. 
James chapter 3 and verse number 2. I was in a situation in the last couple of months, and it was an informal setting, a few families together, just visiting. It was good, good visit, uh, spent a few hours together. And in that visit, one of the individuals there made a lighthearted comment to another individual there. They were being funny. They weren't trying to be rude or unkind or anything. Um, but that comment, it, it caught me off guard. Um, I didn't say anything then. We just went on. But... It was, again, it was a lighthearted attempt at humor. But I found myself wondering, how did the person on the receiving end, how did their family feel about that comment? Even though they didn't say anything. What picture did that paint of the person that made the comment? Now, obviously, they, in this situation, they had a broader picture than just that comment. But that one comment, can be impactful. Little things matter in our Christian walk. Little things matter in our Christian walk. We have to recognize that. The reason why this is important is because if we're not careful in our walk with God, we get pretty good at justifying or ignoring little things. Well, it's not a big deal. What's one drink? I don't know where that came from. Little things. Uh, I'm not going to stay all night. I'm just going to go hang out with a, a little entertainment of the adversary opens the door. Little things. And so what is the Holy Ghost trying to do? What is the word? Of, I'll tell you what I believe the Holy Ghost is trying to do. Give us an awareness. Awaken us from a little slumber. This is hold on a minute. This little thing comes, i got to recognize that. I'm not going to just dismiss it, justify it. I, no, I'm not going to give all my time, energy, and effort to it. Right? We're gonna, but I'm not going to just act like it's not there. The beautiful thing is if I'll deal with it when it's a little thing, it won't be there. So I'll weed the garden when I pass by. i got this thing I do now. I go out in the morning. Uh... And I'm trying to get ahead of the dandelions. Anybody ever try to get ahead of the dandelions? Every time I see a dandelion in my yard now, I'll go over and pluck it off. I, like every day, I'm plucking dandelions. They keep coming, but I keep, I'm like, I'm going to get you before you go to seed. That's my thinking. I'm going to get you. I'll, I'll, I'll pluck the little yellow one that's bloomed, and I'll see two or three, maybe one or two right there that haven't opened up yet. I'm like, oh, nope, I'm ripping you off right now. Why? I, I'm going to deal with the little thing before, because what happens, I know. If I leave that little yellow flower alone, before long, it becomes this little thing that the wind catches, and it seeds my whole yard. 
So I just I can just pick a yellow flower every day, two or three or four, two or three or four, two, every day. So it is in our spiritual walk with God. If we'll recognize little things that try to keep rising up and we'll address them in prayer, address them in the word, put barriers in place that we need to build walls of defense, set things in order in our walk with God, put accountabilities in place for those little things. They don't become big things. They don't become big things. James chapter 3, verse 2. Watch what the Apostle James says. For in many things, oh, that's not little things, is it? In many things we offend all. If any man doesn't offend in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Now, he just said we offend all. If you are able not to offend with your words, James said you're a perfect man and you're able to bridle or control the whole body. I haven't conquered all this yet. I still have words come out of my mouth at times. I'm like, I'm working on this. I'm working on this. Verse 3, he said, Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. A bit, a small thing, a little thing. A little thing is able to affect the whole. Watch verse 4. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listen. He's saying, hey, you got this giant ship, but a little small rudder and a small wheel can direct the whole ship. Why? Because the little thing has so much power and ability when it's wielded properly. Watch verse 5. Even so, the tongue is what? Oh, it's a little member. And it boasts great things. Behold how great a matter, a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire. Now, I want you to notice verse 5 there again. The tongue's a little member. It boasts great things. And behold, how great a matter. A little there was a, there was a fire a few years ago. It was called the Something Creek Fire. I can't remember now. It was towards Ellensburg, Cleelum, that way. And it, I can't remember the number of acres that it burned up. It was, it was tens of thousands of acres that burnt. It was a massive fire as a result. You know what started that fire? should have done the research, and I could tell you the exact name. Dawson Creek seems to come to mind, but I don't think that's right. Now, you know what started that fire? Is they were working on a small bridge. And a guy was cutting a bolt on the edge of a plate. And a spark, when he cut that bolt, one spark, maybe two or three sparks, Sparks from his saw cutting that metal blade or that metal bolt. Those sparks, before he realized it, had lit a fire in the grass behind him. And by the time he realized it, it was too late. And tens of thousands of acres burnt from what? A little fire. A spark. Just a small spark. Spark. 
and thousands, tens of thousands of acres burnt from a little fire. James said, our tongue is like that. You ever said something you wish you could take it back? Yeah. I think we did something with our kids once where we gave them all a tube of toothpaste and a paper plate. We had them write their name on the paper plate with toothpaste. And then I think we offered them 10 or 20 bucks or something if they could put all that toothpaste back in that tube. Uh, we didn't have to pay any of the kids, of course. They tried. But the moral of the exercise with them was, look, just as sure as you wrote your name and that was a word on that paper plate, so it is with words that come out of your mouth. You just can't put them back. You just can't put them back. And how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Words matter. I, I started tonight telling you, just talking a little bit about my wife and I and our marriage and how I can make a, a comment. And just one comment, small and short. And it can be day and night difference. It can get really cold in my house in a hurry if I say the wrong thing, just a small comment. You all know what I'm talking about. Our tongue. And I want you to think about the body of Christ and your interactions. Small things. Small thing. And there are two sides of this. You know, most people get offended over small things. Not big things. Most people get offended over little things. A small misunderstanding. A small perception. I thought they, a little thing. How great a matter a little fire kindleth. Oh no, I, I, I didn't mean that. I was just saying... But if you find someone that's in a position to be hurt, small thing, a small thing, a small thing. And so we have to recognize that. And so there's two sides to this as a child of God, walking as a child of God. Number one, I have to learn to guard my tongue. And everybody said amen. amen. I have to learn my words carry weight. Little things, small things said. Small things not said when I should have said something, when I, when I was silent and I should have spoke up. Small things, little things matter. A small comment to a brother that can be taken. I, I want to be aware of this. Now, I'm not talking about walking around on eggshells. You understand? I want a consciousness of how my words impact my brother and my sister. So that's one side of it. I need to be aware of my words. I want words that come from God. I want Him to establish my thoughts. Out of the abundance of my heart, what? My mouth speaks. So I want to make sure my heart is in proper alignment with God. Now, I've learned this. I've learned this. Some people are really easily offended. 
And so I don't care how I say something. I've had people along the way, Brother Martin. Not Brother Martin. I'm telling Brother Martin. I've had people along the way say things to me like, you know, when you said, did you mean? And I'm going, what? No. I didn't mean that at all. Well, it sort of seemed like you. And I'm thinking, and I don't know where they got that from. Right? We've all experienced that somewhere along the way. What happened? A couple of things. Either, number one, that person is looking for a reason to be offended. Or, or that's not always the case, okay? That's, that's one side of it. Or, that person is in a vulnerable place right now and battling through different things and insecurities. And so the words, every word, they're, the adversary is trying to get it to beat them up. And the enemy is trying to twist your words. Okay? So, I have to be aware of the power of my words. Little things. Little things. So, one side is I have to guard my tongue. But now let's flip to the other side of that. Okay? As a child of God, I also have to guard my spirit. Let me tell you what that looks like on the other side. Brother Martin says something to me. And I'm like, man, I can't believe he said that. Man. If I'm going to guard my spirit, what I'm going to do is gonna, I'm going to go, you know what? Hold on a minute. He's my brother. He loves me. I'm not going to let that little thing become a big thing. What am I going to do? I'm going to extinguish that little fire. Because if I don't, if I turn it over in my head and I turn it over in my spirit and I mull over it and I think about it and I, I'll tell you what, let me tell you, babe, you're not going to believe what Brother Martin said. And my wife who loves me is going to take my side. Hopefully. <laughs> Probably take Brother Martin's side. Oh, you know he didn't mean that. Yes, he did. Stop taking up for him. No, I have to guard my spirit. I have, now, this is the other side of the small thing. I have to recognize, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Remember, remember, when I do something well, and it's a little thing, I want everybody to know, even though it was a little thing. But when I do something negative, and it's a little thing, I just, come on, it's just a little thing. Get over it. I need to apply that to myself. Hold on, what Brother Martin said was a little thing. Get over it. And if I need to, to get it extinguished, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to Brother Martin. I'm going to go straight to him. Why? Because I'm not going to let a little thing become a big thing. I'm going to extinguish the fire of the little thing. Is this making sense tonight? Talking about a Christian walk. And these are things, by the way, that preserve unity in the body as well. Because what the adversary is going to try to do, the adversary is not going to destroy the body. He'll have no success destroying the body of Christ from without. He'll always seek to do so from within. And he doesn't seek to do so with big things. Little things. Let me bring a little thing right here. 
Let me get Brother Lewis at odds with Brother Joel. Let me get Sister Annie at odds with Sister Mary. Let me, let me just get some little thing that, some little thing. And so we guard our tongue and we guard our spirit. And if a little thing starts affecting me, I go to the source of that little thing. And I give my brother and my sister the benefit of the doubt. The benefit of the doubt. What does that mean? That means I refuse to let the adversary cause me to think ill of my brother and my sister. Because I'm not going to let a little thing do that. I'm going to think well of them. I was, I was with a family on the 4th of July. Um, not a family in this congregation. This was in a family in Sunnyside. And uh, I, was so, I was so blessed. We got to talking about Brother Joel Garcia. He didn't know it at the time, but we were talking about him. We were saying good stuff. And uh, I don't say bad stuff about you. If I have something bad to say about you, I talk to the Lord about it. I don't talk to anybody else. Um, <laughs> now all of you are thinking, you know, I've just I got your attention now, don't I? Um, no, I, but inadvertently, Brother Joel came up. Uniquely enough, the man I was talking to had crossed paths with Brother Joel years ago. Not trying to make Brother Joel sound old, but a while back. That's what I should have said. Sorry, Brother Joel. Don't get offended. But a while back. And he was telling me about how he was hurt on his job and nobody from his job came and visited him. But Brother Joel had worked there before and Brother Joel came to his home and visited him. He said he sat down with me right over there and talked with me. I still remember that. He, now, here's what's so cool about this. When I told him that, Brother Joel was part of the congregation here. He's like, he goes to that church? I'm like, he does. Really? Yes, he does. He goes to the church here. He says, when I come and visit your church, he said, I'm going to go hug his neck. That's what he said. I love that. You know what? Brother Joel did a little thing. He's, I, I was talking to Brother Joel about it before service. I was telling him the story. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember. I just I was going through, and I thought I, I heard that, and he wasn't there, and so I stopped. Little thing. But that little thing marked that man's life. It marked his life. Marked his life. You know, you get a little bit of bitterness if you don't deal with it before long. If you don't deal with a little bit of bitterness before long, it'll consume you. You get a little bit of resentment. Doesn't take much, just a little. Just get a little bit of resentment towards somebody. The more you nurture that, doesn't take long. 
Now, we all have to work through things. We're human. You understand? We all have to work through things. I understand. But we need to recognize, hold on a minute. Is this worth a relationship with my... No, no, no. Is this worth my relationship with God? Is this... No, no, no. So I, I address little things. I acknowledge them that way. I'll finish. I guess this is part one. Maybe we'll get part two in a couple weeks or something. I don't know. I'm aware of the time. First Corinthians 5 and 6. Paul makes a quote. He says, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. He says the same thing in Galatians 5 and 9. He said, your glory is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump? It's an interesting nod back to the Old Testament. In Exodus chapter 12, we read the story of the Passover. And at the Passover, they were told to take unleavened bread, to make unleavened bread. There should be no leaven. Matter of fact, they, they, sh- they were told, if you read it and study it out, there should be no leaven anywhere in their house for seven days. What were they doing? They were making sure there was no leaven anywhere. Why? Because a little bit of leaven, it doesn't take much. Leaven, by the way, is yeast. I was a kid. My mom used to buy yeast Fleischmann's. I guess that's still who makes it. I don't know, but I remember the yellow and red package Fleischmann's. You got like three packages hooked together. First time she bought it, I thought it was those little dip-it things that you got the little candy stick in and got sugar. I was so disappointed. Oh, I didn't try it. I didn't eat it. But it came the same way in the three paper packs. And I thought, oh, man, Mom. No, it was some. I was like, what in the world is this? Anyway. But, man, I thought she wouldn't even use a whole packet. And it'd make it just a little bit. It's all it took. A little bit of yeast or a little bit of leaven. Leaven's the whole Paul said, don't you know that? Well, the reason, if you go back to Exodus, the first time you find the mention of it, we know that the Lord was getting ready to bring them out of Egypt. Here's the thing. Bread that had leaven in it wouldn't last as long as unleavened bread. It would spoil quickly. Unleavened bread had staying power. Unleavened bread would last when they went into the wilderness. They would have something to sustain them in the wilderness. If they didn't let a little bit of leaven get in. You let a little bit of leaven get in. And it doesn't take long in the wilderness for that which sustains you to run out or to go bad. Leaven was always a type and shadow of sin. We have to guard against a little leaven. We find, interestingly enough, in the book of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 6 through 12. I'm finishing. Please stand with me. Matthew 15, verses 6 through 12. We find Jesus talking to his disciples. And it's interesting to me there how he, you know, he's turned the loaves of bread and the fish and fed them all. 
And then he tells his disciples to beware. I think by verse 12, he tells them to beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. A little leaven, leaven's the whole lump. Well, first they thought when he was telling them about leaven that he was concerned because they didn't bring bread to eat. They didn't catch on for a little bit, and then they realized, oh, no, he's not talking about natural bread. He's talking about the bread of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was telling them a little bit of leaven will leaven the whole lump. What is he saying? I've been pouring ministry into you disciples. And if you start trying to lay hold on to those old traditions. That I've spent years helping you have understanding of what their purpose was. And you start going back and you lay hold on that teaching of the the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. It'll just take a little bit and it'll leaven the whole lump. I intentionally finished here because this is one of the greatest risks to a life lived for God. It is when the apostolic doctrine gets just a little bit of leaven. Little things. Little things. Start small, becomes big. I've had people ask me this question. Do you think the Lord really cares if someone was baptized in his name or not? You know what my response is? Do you think the Lord really cares if we obey his word or not? Someone was willing to let in a little bit of leaven. You know, maybe just maybe God does accept everybody just like they are. And doesn't have any expectation of obedience to his word. Because he died for them, and so therefore he doesn't care how they live. Well, nothing could be more contrary to the word. A little bit of leaven. And we begin to compromise on the apostles' doctrine in this area. And in so doing, you negate all of the apostles' doctrine. We must... Love the truth. We must love the truth. We must not compromise the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I believe the Lord desires to save every single soul on the planet of earth. But I do not believe every soul on planet Earth will be saved. Because men and women have free will. And the desire to see God save every soul is so great. That some would say, 
if I'll compromise his word, it could save them. No, it won't. It won't. What will happen is it will cause you to be lost. Because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. This is what Jesus was warning about when he said, Beware of the leaven of the Sadducees and the Pharisees. You and I begin to compromise in our walk with God. It won't take long till we no longer have a walk with God. I realize we're ending pretty somberly here. But if I'd have started here, you would have checked out on me. Little things matter. Little things matter. And so God help us to recognize the love of God. What he does is he illuminates those things to us and says, hold on, let's deal with this. And our human nature that sometimes wants to justify things says, why is the preacher picking? Why does that even matter? Why does no, 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 the preacher's not picking on you. God loves you. And God is saying, hey, deal with that little thing. Stop ignoring that, acting like it doesn't matter. Stop trying to push that under the rug and, well, yeah, but let's look at bigger things. Yeah, we need to deal with the big, but don't leave the smaller things undone. That's what Jesus said to them when he was talking to them about the tie. They said, well, doesn't he said you shouldn't leave the little thing undone. But let's talk about this over here, too. Maybe we'll finish this way. If you have faith, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea. Little things. Can we talk to the Lord right now before we go tonight? If there's areas in your life where maybe the Lord has talked to your heart. Or if you're an individual here tonight that maybe you've let a little thing sort of get you sideways or. Would you would you bring that to the Lord tonight? Would you lay that on the altar with him? Maybe you're needing direction. A little thing's becoming a big thing. And you need the wisdom of the Lord and the counsel of the Lord. Lord, give us wisdom and direction. I don't want to ignore things that should be extinguished. I don't want to ignore things that should be rooted out. I don't want to ignore things that should be corrected, Lord. I want to walk with an awareness and a sensitivity to your voice in every area and every aspect of my life. I thank you for your mercy and your patience and your compassion, Lord. I thank you for your long-suffering, God. But I don't want the long-suffering of the Lord to become a place where I'm deceived as though I'm not accountable for things, God. But I want to take rightful advantage of your long-suffering and respond with repentance and adjustment and change, Father, where you've illuminated these things in my life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, help me to extinguish little things that need to be extinguished and help me to begin a pattern of things that should begin. 
In your name I pray, Lord. In your name I pray that our walk with you would be pleasing to you, that our walk with you would accomplish your desired end. In the name of Jesus, give us an awareness and a recognition. Let our tongue be guarded. Let our spirit be guarded. Let our life be in tune and knit with you. Where we have a sensitivity as you speak to our hearts and our lives about things. I don't want to ignore the gentle nudges. I don't want to ignore the things that you bring to my attention. I don't want to pass by the opportunity. To walk in your leading in any way. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. I submit it to you tonight, Lord. I submit it to you tonight. Thank you, Lord. We need the wisdom of God. We need the wisdom of God to recognize and to address things in our lives. And we need the honesty with God and ourselves to do so. Anybody ever lift weights? Look at all you lift weight, weight lifting people. I know you won't believe this, but it's true. Now, but when I was 17, I could squat 225 pounds 10 times. I know that's not a lot of weight. But I only weighed 170 pounds then, so that's modest. I tried to squat 225 pounds 10 times right now. I wouldn't make it back up the second. I don't know if I'd make it up the first time. Let's just be real. You know, when I did that, when I got to where I could do that 10 times, I didn't start with 225 pounds. I think I started like at 135. Took a while. Took a while. I think 135 was right because it was a bar and two 45-pound plates, if my memory serves me right. What did I do? Little by little. Little by little, I gained strength. Little by little. Now, I had a guy in my class. His name was PJ. His name was Preston, but we called him PJ. Preston squatted 450. And he let me know because Preston was a good friend of mine. So if you're doing math, he did double what I did. I had no aspirations to squat 450. But he didn't start with 450 either. Now, I should tell you, Preston was only about this tall. And so I told Preston, well, if I only had to go two inches down to be in a squat, I could do 452. 
I said, man, I got to go a foot and a half down just to be down. I said, for you, a foot and a half, you've done 20 squats already. Good thing he was a good friend because he could crush me with his arms. He was solid. My point is, we understand in the natural little things done consistently make a significant difference over time. And we'll ignore little things we should deal with that are negative, thinking they don't make a difference. But they do. And we'll put off doing things we should, going, man, I don't know, I tried, but it didn't make any difference. It's like saying, you know what? I squatted 135 every day for a week. I tried 225. I fell. I just quit. Wasn't no point anyway. I tried. No, I just have to keep doing it consistent. Keep doing it consistently. Him that is faithful over a few things. He'll make you ruler over many. Extinguish the little things that need to be extinguished and get faithful in the little things you need to get faithful in. And watch what God will do in mine and your lives. Amen. Praise God. Greet somebody tonight. You're dismissed in the beautiful name of Jesus.